Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Jim Hoban with Ramos Law, and I am so excited for this episode of the Ramos Law Difference Makers podcast because we have with us the head of our employment department, our employment division, actually, Colleen Calandra. And this was an impromptu podcast. We did not have this on the schedule, but there has been so much changing in the world of employment given the coronavirus COVID-19 crisis that I asked her to break away from everything else she was doing in order to help us out. So uh, Colleen, I want to welcome you to the show and I want to thank you so much. I know you had court stuff going on this morning and everything else. So thanks for making this a priority for the people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is such a changing time. I think it's really important that people understand what is going on and how to best exercise their rights given, given where we all are at. Oh, it's, it's insanity. I've never seen anything like this. You know, I'm, I'm 52. It's not like I'm 152, <laughs> but I'm 52 and I've never seen anything like this in the history of what we do as, as a people, right? It's so wide. And then it's forced, um, it's forced so many people into weird positions. And so like we, you and I, we're fortunate at Ramos Law that we can work from home and continue to serve people in, in the way that we do but so many people are out of work. Can you kind of speak to the statistics of what we're seeing on unemployment and the, the situation as we see it right now? It's off the charts. And um, so unemployment is seeing an unprecedented amount of people who are applying for unemployment benefits. In fact, it is, there's so many people applying that unemployment is now saying that you can only apply on certain days based on your last name, the first letter of your last name. Um, so I would encourage anybody who is going to be applying for unemployment to go online and make sure that you're applying on the day that you are allowed to be uh, applying on. Um, I've heard from lots of people who have been calling in to talk to us about unemployment and just kind of the procedure and what to do. Um, a lot of people are saying that they're even forced to uh, try to apply late night at, you know, or early morning, I guess I should say one o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning and off time because the system has been so overloaded. It, um, it crashed, it's been crashing uh, mid through their applications. I think the statistics I read most recently, and they're probably not the most current statistics is 22 million people have applied for unemployment nationwide. Wow. And, and I'm sure, would, would you agree that that's probably not even the true number because the people that can't get in or the people that are like, well, maybe, maybe this is just a, a temporary thing. And so they're holding off or they, they, for whatever reason, haven't done unemployment. Um, I think the number is probably a, a bit higher than that. Yeah. I think the reason probably the number has to be higher than that is that a lot of people just don't understand the nature of unemployment and kind of a lot of people are under the misconception that you have to be fully terminated in order to apply. So I think those people are, are applying, right? Um, it's the people who have reduction in hours, um, those people who have been partially laid off or have a reduced amount of hours because of the coronavirus, those people are eligible to apply. Um, also, business owners that were taking income for their businesses, they're entitled to um, apply as well. And I think a lot of people just don't understand that about unemployment. So they think, oh, I wasn't fired. I'm not eligible. But that's just not true. That's not true at all. Well, that's, I mean, to me, when you first shared that with me, it literally blew my mind. I had no idea that was the case. So let's break those three categories down and talk about that. That first one, just talking about the people that may not know how to navigate the system. That I know that felt that, um, I, that rang true with us because we have two kids in our home. They're not kids, they're adults, but they're hanging out with us right now. And both of them lost their jobs because one was in 
the hospitality uh, food industry, and uh, that, that place is closed until further notice. And then right. the other one did construction stuff that was waiting for a great big bid that now is, is off the table. And as they both went into the system, they're like, this is so, it's so hard. It's so taxing. And it drove them away from it to now say, well, maybe we can find odd ends and jobs. We can work at a grocery store. We can do those kinds of things. Can you speak to that first group first? Yeah. So I, so I understand the, the procedure is, it, it is a little painful. So you do have to have some information ready while you're online applying. And remember, you can't apply in person anymore because of the coronavirus. So you have to apply online. And that I think can be a little um, intimidating for people because you, you don't have that personal element. You can't ask questions. If you have a question, you just kind of have to roll with it. Um, but that is the method to apply. And um, I encourage people to apply just because it could be up to 55% of your income adding on an additional six years. Um, for that, for, for unemployment. And so I would, in, I would encourage people in that first category, if you are not working at all, um, go ahead, grab an old pay stub, know your employer, know how much you were making before all of this started, and just dive into that system and do the best that you can to report it so that you can get some benefit. Because, because the government wants to be there for you, and this is your moment. I mean, you've been pay paying taxes all these years. Think about mm. this as an employee, you've been paying taxes. Why do you pay taxes? Well, a lot of us younger workers, um, for me, relatively younger worker. Um, <laughs> Compared to me. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not, you know, we're not collecting our full range of what we're paying our taxes for. However, you know, any worker is paying taxes and that's really what, this is really what it's for. You have paying taxes and you're entitled to these benefits. And so what I say to people is don't be shy. You're in your moment of need just because you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s or even in your 50s and you're still working, um, go for it, apply, go get the benefits that you deserve and the help that you deserve. Because it's, and just to kind of my soapbox, but it's a ripple effect, right? So you aren't working, but your landlord needs rent, right? To keep that viable, that business viable or the grocery stores need you to keep going to the grocery store and buying food because we need to keep that industry viable. And so it, it's just greater than ever to any one of us. Um, it, it's actually larger. And that's why the government is encouraging so many people to apply for unemployment and trying to make it easy for them to do that because it's a ripple effect throughout the economy. And we need to support not only ourselves, but other businesses that are still viable during the coronavirus. So, wow, Colleen, yeah. that was such great insight that talking about that ripple effect, it's um, huge. I'd never thought about complete sense and that the government yes. wants to keep itself and our country going through that means. So yeah. you had mentioned earlier, a few things to come prepared for if someone has to fill out this application and you talked right. about a pay stub, is there anything else that you can think of that would be beneficial to, so that they're not having to get up and go look for stuff. They just get a little packet of info ready before diving in anything you can share. Well, I like the idea of a pay stub just because if you're wondering, um, so some people just don't really remember what the deal was in terms of their salary or what their salary would look like. And if you're looking at your pay stubs, you can do quick do that math. There's lots of online calculators that can help you calculate your annual salary or your six month salary or whatever information you would need. And so that pay stub really just has the data. The other thing is the pay stub has the official name of your employer. Um, 
don't be fooled. Sometimes employers use a third party to, to put out payroll, but somewhere on your pay sub, there will be the name of your employer. And so like, for example, Ramos Law, we call it Ramos Law, but that's not the formal entity that I work for, right? And so that is reflected on my pay stub. And I, I tell people to go there because then when you're um, typing in this information, you have the most accurate information you can. Because remember, so many people are applying. You just want to stop any potential roadblock you might have from your application being questioned or needing additional information. And so if you have that pay stub with you, you can give the most accurate data the first time around and get the money that you, you desperately need. Wow, that's impressive information. And I think everyone listening can benefit from that if they're in those shoes, that they have to go through that process. Um, the, the second one we had talked about was if you, and, and again, this was when you shared this with me the other day, I was, I was just, you know, blown away. If someone has been um, laid off in respect, not laid off, but if they're doing less hours than they were before. So right. you have a restaurant worker and now instead of working, full-time they're doing takeout orders and it means that they're only working 20 hours a week you say that they they are eligible for some compensation under this plan yes absolutely so you don't need to be fully terminated and that's again one of the misconceptions of unemployment so it's a reduction of hours so let's just just take myself as an example i'm a 40 plus hour a week employee and let's say dr ramos says to us um you know, I need you to work 20 hours instead of 40 hours plus a week. Um, and I would turn to him and say, well, my normal schedule is more than that, right? And he's and he says to me very kindly, of course, but we're in really tough times right now. And so I can only afford you for 20 hours a week, which I think a lot of employers are kind of trying to do because they want to keep employees on payroll. The the best that they can because eventually there will be life after the coronavirus, right? And so what they're trying to do is give people some income because they really do love and want to support their own employees and keep their businesses going. And so um, what I would do under these circumstances, since I, I now am limited to 20 hours and I was a 40 plus hour employee, is I would go to unemployment and explain that to them and ask for the difference, the difference on my wages. Um, now that I am reduced in terms of the amount of time that I'm working at work. Okay. Now, is that done yeah. on the application or is that Absolutely. done via a phone call to help them understand what category of unemployment you fall into? It's in the application itself. So you'll be able to put that all those details into the application itself. Again, okay. online. Excellent. And, and it, is, the dif is the difference any, is there any difference? on the 55% plus $600 that you mentioned earlier for unemployment, is it different if you're doing partial wages versus if you're doing complete unemployment? Yeah, I believe that they're gonna calculate it just a little bit different, but the $600 incentive, I'm gonna have to, I'd have to read up on that, but I, I believe that that's kind of a government incentive to keep people kind of afloat during this period of time. I would still encourage it anyway, because I, I think that if you are related to the coronavirus and your reduction is related to that, um, I think unemployment is going to be very sympathetic to you and try to and try to get you benefits. The goal here is not to make this difficult and hard for people to get benefits. The goal here, and even the federal government and the president has said, we want people to be able to get benefits so that they can stay afloat. Again, the ripple effect, right? Because if I now, a 20-hour employee, can't afford to go get takeout, from the local restaurant down the street or go to my supermarket or pump gas, all of those businesses will go out of business. And so again, even if it's a partial re um, reimbursement from unemployment, it's still better than me going without it. 
and not having that's, any capacity. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, maybe you can speak to this. When it comes to unemployment, we also have this stimulus package going out where if you make X amount of dollars, you can get up to like $1,200 or something like that per person. Does, is that number affected based on the unemployment calculation in any way, or do you know? I believe, well, I'll have to look at the law actually, because they, they kind of are, <laughs> and in our world, they're, they're moving these things so quickly and they're enacting them. Every so day, right? There's changes every day. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I believe that that is separate and apart from um, unemployment that they were giving, that they were going to give people just in general, the American population, they were going to pay out an X dollar amount for uh, an adult and an X dollar amount for a child to help people, to help people um, again, to help them out, not only pay their rent and their mortgages and everything else that they do, um, but just help their families out. I, that I believe is an, a different incentive program than unemployment. I think they're two separate programs. Okay. Yeah. So that's good news because what, my thought would be is if, you know, let's just say someone lost their job. I know if they were making above the amount that right. is allowed to give you stimulus money and all of a sudden they don't have a job, now they make below the amount. So they would be entitled to the full thing, you know, the full 1250 or whatever the number is compared to, well, you made $100,000 a year or $200,000 a year. You get nothing. Now you get nothing on this side as well. So it's an interesting dynamic how the two work together. Yeah. And, and again, I, I hate to keep repeating myself, but the goal is for people to still have spending power and be able to support businesses. Um, again, I, mm -hmm. think, I think that the government is very much aware that if you, um, if people can't pay their mortgages, you're going to have a housing crisis. If people can't support local businesses, they will just simply disappear. And I think um, a lot of people are, are want to compare this to 2008 and kind of the recession that that followed with a housing crisis. And I think what they're trying to do is the government is trying to fund as much as they can so that this does not repeat itself and people still have the means to support themselves in business. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that's so helpful that we're thinking that way. And, you know, you'd mentioned, and I fall into this category myself in the third category you mentioned, which is if you are a, um, if you're a, a landlord for a business and that business is either crippled or shut down, there's there's help for you right in, in some of these kinds of things or if you're an entrepreneur maybe maybe these need to be split up like if you're a business owner and you're crippled on that side that's one thing if you're the landlord of that person that's another deal right and so like i know for us because um, of a, a building situation that we're in we've had to reach out to our mortgage holder and that kind of thing and they've been great saying hey we'll give you up to six months of abatement on this thing and it's, it's, you know, we'll just carry on as that, not alone, not anything. And so there's a lot of these kind of programs going on right now. So can you kind of speak to that little option? Yeah. So when it comes to leasing space or a mortgage, um, any kind of payment plan that you might be under, um, let's say it's even your credit card debt, student debt, something along those lines, somewhere, somewhere something that you owe to a creditor. Um, or you're paying in payments. If you need help, I would. My best advice is absolutely positively go to your creditor if you're struggling right now and explain to them that you need help. My only word of caution in all of this is is be very aware about your repayment terms, <laughs> because I've seen some language from some people who have retained us to kind of look it over, where they're asking for repayment in lump sum by like month three. 
So for example, they'll defer payments for three months, but then month three, you must pay it all back. Meaning wow. three months together. And the only reason why I, I get a little leery about that type of language is because we really don't understand. I mean, I'm not a doctor, you're a doctor. I, you know, I'm an average, just a lawyer, not a doctor. We really don't know how long this is all going to last. And what I would hate for people to do is commit to them, commit to that type of a deal, not knowing the future, but being so desperate and feeling pressured into that deal. And then not being able to repay or be able to meet the obligations of that deal um, in the future. And then having kind of the world come crashing down on them. Right. And so we right. don't want that. Um, so it would be much better if you don't think you can make that, you can't make those types of deals. It would be much better to say, look, I can't make my mortgage payment. I'll try to do the best that I can and, and work with me, please. Um, the government has said that they're not going to, you know, work, they're not going to allow the lenders to foreclose on people um, and that they are giving time to pay mortgages and do those types of things. So I guess what I would say is take advantage of that piece maybe and be a little less inclined to um, enter into an agreement where you owe that back immediately because we just don't know what the future is going to look like. I mean, what if you're not oh, back? Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. And, and we, you know, one thing just to share with the listeners that we have um, that we found in our situation is that it's really fluid, like we've been talking about, where at one point they said, well, we'll give you a loan. And uh, if you have the loan, like an SBA loan, then you'll have to pay that back. It'll get you through these times. And we'll go from there. Then it switched, literally calling it switched within seven days to right. say as the building, as the building owners, for our mortgage, if you're, or if we were having people that we employed, if you're using the money for either your mortgage or for employees, now it's a grant that you don't have to pay back. Right. So we saw that come into play also. So there's programs out there. Um, I don't know if you have any resources for people to look at. Is it just the government websites? If, if yeah. no matter what category you fall in that you can look at? That, and I, you know, I can actually dig to and try to find some resources for people that we can post on social media for people to kind of some links for people to, um, to kind of go to, to take a look at these things. But you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. There are options out there. The only point to all of this is, is once you enter into a contract, if you do not know that you can fulfill that contract, my, my advice to you would be don't do it because the consequences could be way more severe of not being able to fulfill your contractual obligations opposed to taking advantage of other resources that are out there. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. And so um, we had talked about earlier to folks that were employing people and um, they had to lay them off. So the person now goes, for example, from, let's say they go from working at, I don't know, the zoo and they're a zookeeper. And then the zoo says, Hey, zoo's closed. You're not an animal feeder. So we got to let you go. So you go to unemployment and you, you start falling, you know, filing for your money. Then all of a sudden you decide, hey, I got an opportunity to work for Amazon in the delivery side. So now you go to Amazon. You had told me earlier that it's important that you pay attention that when you make a switch, you let unemployment know so that they can yeah. offset or whatever, right? And update how much money they should be sending you from your previous job. Yeah. So this is really important. Um, so this application, you're, you're attesting to unemployment that this is your financial situation. And if something changes, I would encourage everybody out there to let unemployment know because they're basing your, their calculation on the information that you are providing. 
And if that information changes and you have additional income that's coming in, it would offset perhaps that payment that you're receiving. What you don't want is once this is all said and done, unemployment to send you a letter in a year from now saying that you owe them back wages and that they're due by this amount of time. And, and that, again, is one of those things where if you can be in the moment and present in the moment and making great decisions in the moment, you will save yourself a headache you know, later on. Um, and I only say in the year from now because they're so busy right now, but they, they oh do God. have a tendency to find this stuff out. And, and so what I don't want for people is for them to not be truthful or entirely truthful about their income. And if you do get new employment, just let them know. Just let them know. Um, and then you can't be um, then you can't be accused of not not being accurate in your in your forms that you've submitted to them. Now, do you let them know? via an email or go back into the system? How would you let them know? So that's really interesting. So I think that, um, so in my experience with unemployment, and, and I have to preface this, this is pre-coronavirus. <laughs> and so, <laughs> what, so what's happening now might be at a completely different kind of level of involvement in terms of the employees that are running unemployment. But typically what happens is you get an investigator that's assigned to you that reviews your paperwork and then he or she is kind of, you get a point of contact through unemployment. And so once you get kind of into the system, you, you've had somebody review your information. And so then there is a, there is a way once you're in the system and they start paying benefits, there's a way you could recontact them and let them know. Um, traditionally unemployment, some unemployment in the past was highly contested I, under the coronavirus. People aren't, getting denied because of that, right? Everybody understands it's a pandemic and we're all in the same boat together, so to speak. Um, right. But in the old days, pre-pandemic, -pan pre um, there were employers who were contesting unemployment. And so that process was kind of, it, I mean, it was, that's the process. So there Makes are sense. opportunities for you to, to, to contact unemployment and let them know that your benefits have changed or your situation. Makes changed. sense. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to change gears and I definitely want to take this in the direction that you feel people need information, but something hit me as we were talking and it's, you know, the government's trying to be kind and, and help us. Employers are trying to be kind. I've heard of every kind of arrangement. Some have to just let people go on furlough and say, we'll bring you back when we can. Other people are shutting their business down. Still others are saying, we're going to pay you, you know, unemployment will pay you uh, 55%. We're going to pay you 60% of your wages. If you choose not to come to work, you know, there's all these different arrangements. On the flip side of that, are employers liable if um, they are still open and then someone comes down or contracts COVID-19? Because they're trying to do the right thing, right? They're trying to help people. Let's say they're, I heard a Trader Joe's just closed because one of their employers or their employees tested positive. It, it's in murky waters of the employer trying to keep the people working and then the employee being in a safe environment. And, and I don't know how deep we want to go wading into that, but it's a question that I find fascinating. Um, I think that that is, um, it's, it's absolutely a legitimate question because, you know, an employer has a duty to keep um, its employees safe, right? And so um, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a genuine question and it's, it, it's going to be yet to, to see kind of, kind of thing where I'm interested in it because I, I foresee cases or lawsuits popping up because of that. I know that a lot of Instacart people or people who are shopping for Amazon Fresh 
or people who are, you know, in the Amazon warehouses or people who are in contact with potentially other people who could be sick are at risk every day. That's the same thing with our grocery store workers. Everybody that works at a grocery store is coming into contact with people daily. They could be getting sick. And so I think that this is an area of litigation that's going to be interesting to see as kind of as the future progresses. Um, okay. But I definitely think that there is some risk to employers. I, from the employer's perspective, however, you know, they're trying to do their best to keep themselves afloat in this really, this really difficult time. And they're hopefully employing the um, safety recommendations that have been put out, you know, social distancing, having people um, far apart, seated far apart, um, or right. far apart. Um, if they can offer protective gear like masks and gloves and those types of things, I mean, that's, that will all be looked at, I think, in the future. I think that's yet Good. to Yeah. Good, 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 good. Well, that makes me happy that they're thinking through that and, and that you're thinking through that. And, and so with the five minutes that we have left, Colleen, I, I would ask you, is there anything else that you think that people should know to either give them insight, give them comfort, give them a sense of direction during this crazy time? Um, I, think that, I think that it's really important to just, um, I think it's, it's easy to get very scared and kind of get bogged down into it because if you look at social media or the news or anything, actually, um, if you go out there at all, you're seeing, you know, kind of the grim news of it. And um, I, I think that just people have to, employers and employees have to realize that this too shall pass. Um, we don't know when, we don't know what that looks like but it will, it will pass. And that if we can just all kind of focus on a good deed for the day, so to speak, and helping one another, I think that that's, I think that's a really important piece of all of this. If anything comes out of all of this, it would be just great helping other people. Um, whether it's something small by thanking the person at the out, thanking them for coming to work that day because now you can buy groceries or thanking your employer for keeping you partially on so at least you have a partial paycheck or you know it's just like the little things to try to be grateful for I think that that's really important and I think that um, employees just need to be aware that employers are trying their best and a lot of them have closed and it's you know they just feel you know, they feel just as awful as the employees who aren't working anymore. I know my brother-in-law owns a restaurant and he could have done carry out, but he didn't want to put anybody at risk. And so he just shut his entire place down. And I know his employees are feeling it. I know he's feeling it. And I think everybody just kind of feels torn in this moment. And I think we just need to focus on little pieces of gratitude, really trying to focus on the positive and just help each other out. We really are all in it together. I mean, not only yeah. the United States, but the whole world, we're in it together. Oh, Colleen, that was such great wisdom shared and the empathy and the, you know, just the connection that you're calling for. I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, speaking of that, I am grateful and I am thankful that you've taken time out of what is an insanity period for you right now. And, you know, you got a daughter at home that you're trying to help with the school thing and, <laughs> you know, you're heading our, our legal department and this whole division and you're getting a thousand questions. So real quick in, in, or less can you let people know if they have questions on how to fill out these these forms or if they have other questions how they can reach you um, so that you might be a resource for them yeah absolutely so you email us or call us either way we're um, we're still operational I mean obviously I'm working at home you can kind of see my decor yeah, me too <laughs> <laughs> um, but we I, we are still working we are still here for people we really 
um, we really do want to help people because um, we understand that this is really stressful for people and we want to help them get the form right or apply correctly. So we're more than happy to do that and help out with that. We have technology where we can share screens so we can like look at what you're typing and what you're doing to help out. Um, the other thing too is um, we're helping a lot of people with severance agreements because they are um, being laid off and being offered severance. So we're helping a lot of people with that. So if you just call us or write us either way, um, we're here to help. And do you want that email going to a general email box, Colleen, or to you specifically? That's fine. You, you can email me specifically at Colleen at RamosLaw.com. It's C-O-L-L-E-E-N at RamosLaw.com. So and it's Colleen I, with two and two E's for everyone. Yes, uh, C-O-L-L-E-E-N. Yes, Colleen. And then our number is 303-733-6353. That is it. All right. Well, listen, Colleen, thank you again. I appreciate so much your wisdom and your insight. Hopefully everyone on the podcast gets a chance to gain from that. I'm sure they will. And uh, we will probably need to have you on the next several weeks here as things will have updated and changed. All right. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks to you. All right, I Colleen. All right. Take good care. All right. Thanks. Bye.